0: Whoa!
2: light of the east is also supported by eastern christian publications where you can find the prayers of the catholic byzantine daily office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com a broadband network for you to learn more about the eastern catholic churches that's easternchristianpublications.com
1: christ is risen indeed he is risen welcome to light of the east i am father thomas lawyer your host we are moving through the paschal season, this glorious season of our Lord's resurrection. And this coming week, we're going to celebrate his ascension, his glorious ascension into heaven, 40 days after his resurrection. The Eastern churches, we still observe this on that 40th day itself. We did not move ascension Thursday to the weekend and so on. We observe it on the day itself. So 40 days after Christ's resurrection, we will celebrate his ascension, a glorious feast, a glorious feast. And all these feast days have underneath them all. One of the main themes running through them all is, as Christ wished and prayed for, as we read about in John's Gospel, that all might be one, unifying, bringing together the fractured bride of Christ so that we would become one with each other and one in Christ. And becoming one, yet with diversity, it's a, quite a miracle in itself, becoming one yet with diversity is one of the missions of this program, Light of the East. And we have individuals who have been with us at Light of the East for a number of years who help us in that vision. And one of those is a good friend of ours, Jack Fiegel of Oriental Lumen Conferences and also of Eastern Christian Publications. Jack, welcome to Light of the East once again. Christ is risen.
0: Indeed he is risen, Father Tom, with you again. Good.
1: So, yes, you too, It's always, uh, and you're always up to something. That's why we, from time to time we check in with you, wherever you are. You know, I have a, I have this map on the wall, and I've got these red pins, you know, wherever Jack Fiegel is, you know, what he's up to. So I, I try to follow you through the world, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, my, my, my relatives ask, you know, the question, you know, where in the world is Jack Fiegel? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From that old, old game, where in the world is Carmen Diego?
1: Yes. And uh, the thing is, though, wherever you are, you're always doing, as I always say about you, you are the tail that's wagging the dog. <laughs> in other words, the dog of the church, metaphorically speaking. And once again, you've been up to your good tricks, your ecumenical unifying tricks. Our theme today is, is unity that Christ wanted to bring about through his life, his death, resurrection, ascension, and also the sending of the Holy Spirit, which will be coming up in a couple weeks. So, Jack, you've been up to us some special things recently having to do with Christian unity, especially between East and West. Tell, tell us about some of your travels and what you've encountered and what is significant about them, even including the Pope's visit to the island of Lesbos with Patriarch Bartholomew. Yes.
0: Well, it's been a few weeks, and I organized a a two week trip to Europe with a couple of purposes. One was to visit our seminary in Ujrad, Transcarpathia, to do recordings for an upcoming concert tour with the choir, and we can talk about that on another show. But I also tied in with that visits to Lviv, Kiev, Ukraine, Rome, and Constantinople, or today known as Istanbul, to record video greetings for the 20th anniversary of the oriental and lumen conferences believe it or not this is going to be the 20th conference june 21 to 24 here in washington and it's amazing that uh, uh, we've been at this every year for 20 years through thick and thin through good times and bad of the ecumenical dialogue between orthodox and catholic Uh, so for this 20th anniversary i wrote to various church leaders in Ukraine and in Rome and and, uh, in Turkey, Istanbul, and got positive responses from uh, everyone who agreed to do a video-recorded greeting for the conference. So I spent uh, most of my time then, after the uh, seminary choir, uh, traveling to Lviv, where I recorded Archbishop Syatoslav Shevchuk, the head of the Ukrainian Catholic Church, who was at a a special event there. Then I flew up to Kiev and saw the retired head of the Ukrainian Catholic Church, His Eminence Cardinal Lubomir Hussar, who also gave us a greeting. Then I went down to Rome and met with Cardinal Kurt Koch, Pontifical Council for Christian Unity, the, the chief ecumenical officer for the Vatican. Also, while I was there, Cardinal uh, Leonardo Sandri, Prefect of the Congregation for Eastern Churches, Archbishop Cyril Vassel, who is the secretary of that congregation. And then finally, because our our theme for this year's Oriental Lumen Conference is Creation, Our Shared Inheritance, I met with uh, Cardinal Peter Turkson, who is president of the Pontifical Council for Peace and Justice, and is responsible for the promulgation of the papal encyclical Laudato Si, all about our environment and Mm -hmm. our world and how we treat each other. So it was uh, quite a whirlwind trip. And then to top it all off, at the end, I uh, was granted a private audience, face-to-face, one-on-one with His All Holiness, uh, the Ecumenical Patriarch, Bartholomew himself, in Constantinople, where he and I had a 30-minute discussion. He's making a video for us to show at the conference, and uh, it happened that uh, our audience was just scheduled just two days before he and Pope Francis met in Greece, on the island of Lesbos, to bring attention to the uh, migration and immigrant uh, crisis that's uh, facing Europe and and the Middle East today.
1: You know, Jack, I noticed that you referred to seeing the patriarch in Constantinople. That's something that I do, too, something common to us. Any of us who are from the Eastern churches, especially the Byzantine church, and we're interested in ecumenism, for us, Constantinople is always Constantinople, but it's modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. <laughs> It'll always be Constantinople, I guess, because we, we live in that whole history. That history is real to us.
0: And especially going to visit the Ecumenical Patriarch, he lives in a, a small little compound that you've seen.
1: Yes.
2: Uh,
0: about a four-block, not even four-block, maybe three-square-block area in what's called the Fanar District of the city. And that's why sometimes it's referred to as the Fanar. Uh, but it's equivalent to Vatican City. It's this small little enclave of just a few buildings with the cathedral and the offices of the, of the ecumenical patriarch. And that, I think, in my own mind, is truly what's left of Constantinople, where the patriarch resides and, and where his cathedral is.
1: Yes, I mean, it's it's so, so small in comparison to the Vatican. But nonetheless, Sometimes very important things come in small packages. (laughs) It is very, very significant ecumenically. And what you just described here, Jack, for the sake of our listeners, was not just a a boring personal travelogue, nor was it a bunch of name-dropping. The reason why it's significant that you share this with us is to witness, as we love to do on this program, because it's part of our mission, witness to what is being done by individuals, for instance, someone like yourself, who's a layman, What is being done to bring together the church, especially the two lungs of the church, East and West? And these were very significant visits that you had with some very, very significant people, some of the most significant people in the church. It was basically uh, everybody except the Pope himself on this one. But you have seen him, though.
0: (laughs) Well, we have met him. Um, We did with our Light of the East pilgrimage a year and a half ago, and uh, we're hosting another of those pilgrimages this coming October. And we're hopeful that we will have another opportunity to greet him personally. On this trip, I, I in fact, did request an audience with him through Cardinal Koch's office. And the day before I met Cardinal Koch, and then Cardinal Koch told me that they received the response from the Vatican, that I was thrilled that they even forwarded the request onward. Uh, They did receive a response from the Holy See that said that, unfortunately, the Pope was very busy that particular week, preparing for the trip to Lesbos, as you can imagine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he was going to send a letter, a personal greeting to our conference. Which this is the first time that's going to happen in twenty years.
1: Wow! Now, as you visited these these people in the church, these very significant names in the church, you also had some encounters with some very significant media outlets and people in the media.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, After I left on the trip, the meeting of the Pope and the Patriarch in Lesbos was announced, and I happened to be staying at a hotel in Rome, literally across the street, right at at St. Peter's Square, from all the media outlets, ABC News, CNN, Catholic News Service, Rome Reports, the Wall Street Journal... And uh, they learned I was in town, and over the course of two days, I had three or four interviews with various reporters. And it was quite quite exciting, quite thrilling that uh, they were asking me my opinion about the meeting and the trip, uh, as well as to uh, talk about our Oriental Illumin conferences, what they have done over the years, and to also discuss our Byzantine Catholic Ruthenian Church and explain to them who we are and where we come from, and some of the nuances that uh, Sometimes the press doesn't quite get quite right.
1: Yes, and you also were on EWTN recently.
0: Yes, when I got back to Washington that weekend, the uh, nightly news or news nightly program of Brian Prachter requested I come down, and we were just uh, on for a few short minutes. But again, it was the same question of, you know, how significant is this meeting of the Pope and Patriarch in Greece? And that that my answer, of course, was that not only is it important for the immigrants in bringing this whole subject the light of world leaders. But from an ecumenical perspective, it's significant in that this is an example of how the churches can cooperate without being in full communion. Catholic and Orthodox churches both teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that therefore they can cooperate and work together towards the common good, especially in this case of of these uh, migrants and people, the refugees from the Middle East.
1: Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more about Christian unity and attempts for Christianity, especially between the two lungs of the Church, East and West, with our special guest, Jack Fiegel. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the
2: East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion and to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church. We need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com That's ByzantineCatholic.com and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610, Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. Happy,
1: happy years. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the
2: East. Saving Jews from the Holocaust in a wheelchair. And now, a Sheptitsky Institute Minute with Father Peter Galadza. Archbishop Andrei Sheptitsky was born in 1865 in Western Ukraine. He was an aristocrat who gave up his wealth to become a monk. He then led the Greco-Catholic Church in Ukraine through two world wars. Exiled to Russia for three years during World War I, Sheptitsky never again enjoyed good health. From 1929 until his death in 1944, he worked from a wheelchair. From that wheelchair, Sheptitsky coordinated efforts to save hundreds of Jews during the Holocaust. Next time, we'll tell you more about the Archbishop, who at the height of the Holocaust wrote, A lack of love is the source of every hardship and misery. Love is the very substance of all of God's revelation. To learn about degree programs in Eastern Christian Studies, visit shiptitskyinstitute.ca. That's S-H-E-P-T-Y-T-S-K-Y institute.ca.
1: Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. We're talking with our good friend, Jack Figel, who does all kinds of work towards Christian unity, all kinds of ecumenical work, especially between the two lungs of the church, East and West. You may have seen Jack on EW10 a few times. He was certainly on there most recently. And speaking of EW10, I want to pause here for a second and ask for all of your prayers for Father Mitch Pacwa of EWTN. Father Mitch had some heart concerns recently, but he's doing better. And so our prayers are with him. Father Mitch Pacwa, good friend of ours here at Light of the East, actually, and of the Eastern Rites. He actually is by ritual. He's a Jesuit priest, Latin Rite, but he also has faculties in the Maronite Rite. I've always enjoyed Mitch Pacwa's programs. I enjoy speaking with him when I was on his program some time ago, and I always think of my father, of blessed memory, because he always liked Mitch Pacwa. He'd say, you know, I like that priest. I like that priest, so... We all love Mitch Pacwa. So, Father Mitch Pacwa, we are praying for you, and I invite all of you to pray for his speedy recovery. Now, back to Jack Fiegel. Jack, on some of your endeavors going around the world, you also were, in a sense, laying the groundwork for some upcoming events, right?
0: Yes. In addition to collecting the video greetings for the 20th anniversary conference uh, this June, I was also, in particular, discussing with uh, the cardinals in Rome and with His All-Holiness Ecumenical Patriarch, the agenda and speakers for our Light of the East Two Ecumenical Pilgrimage that we're planning for October of this year. What we're planning is to have, simultaneous with the pilgrimage, which will be visits to religious and cultural sites, prayer services, and, and so forth, evening sessions or evening talks that will be plenary sessions of Oriental and Lumen Euro-East Number 4, The Oriental Women Conferences we've held three times in Constantinople over the last 10 years with the participation of His All Holiness and and other speakers. And uh, we're going to have the same theme at Euro East 4 as we will in Washington for OL20, and that is creation, our shared inheritance, the ecumenical dimensions of Laudato Si' and the symposium that the Ecumenical Patriarchate has hosted over the last 20 years about the environment. So it was a multifaceted trip, and it was uh, a very edifying to get the response and commitment I did from uh, both Cardinal Koch and Cardinal Turkson in Rome to be speakers, and then also to sit with His All Holiness and plan our agenda, talk about speakers for, for that uh, conference, and then... It was uh, actually kind of fun to watch him personally write into his diary the dates and make a commitment to be at our welcoming opening session uh, when we arrive in in Constantinople.
1: Okay, just so the listeners can get it straight as they're listening, there's two things coming up that all have the name Orient Havilumen, correct? Tell us about that. Make it real clear. Now, first one's yes. in June.
0: We have Orient Havilumen 20, Mm-hmm. which is an ecumenical conference that will be here in Washington on June 21 to 24. These, both of these events are uh, open to the public, and they're a gathering of Roman Catholics, Eastern Catholics, and Eastern Orthodox, all concerned with Christian unity. And so the 20th anniversary conference will be here in Washington in June, so just a few months away. The registration is on our website, olfoundation.net, or orientalilluminconference.com. And uh, the speakers that we have lined up for here in Washington at OL20 include his uh, Grace Metropolitan Calistos of Dioclea, our friend from Oxford University, one of the leading English-speaking theologians and and lecturers and ecumenists of the entire Orthodox Church. Also, Archimandrite Robert Taft, retired professor from the Oral Institute in Rome, will be speaking, but but by video. His health is such that he cannot travel, but uh, I'm going to be visiting him in Boston where he's retired and and getting a video other prominent speakers in Washington at the OL20 will be Father John Erickson the professor emeritus and former dean at St Vladimir's Orthodox Seminary in New York Father John Ford who is A theologian and professor at the Catholic University of American Washington. Uh, Yourself, Father Tom, Mm -hmm. will be speaking about the environmental work you've done there at at Annunciation Church uh, outside of Chicago. And we have a Dr. Elizabeth Theokrittoff, who is a lay Orthodox theologian from Cambridge, and uh, she will also be speaking. She's an author, lecturer, and theologian on, on environmental issues. And finally, Brother Guy Cosom-Yongno, is director of the Vatican Observatory. He expressed a great desire to be present for the conference in June, but uh, uh, the Vatican Observatory, which is located both in Rome and, believe it or not, Tucson, Arizona, they have a huge observatory, he has to be at a session of their observatory organization in Rome the same week, and so he's going to be giving us a lecture about science and religion video also.
1: And where can people find out about this conference?
0: So this conference, uh, the registration is online at olconference.com or olfoundation.net. We have a, a new website, and, and both addresses will essentially take you to the same place, and it'll be the OL20 conference. It's open to the public. Registration can be done online or by calling our conference office, 703-691-8862. 703 703- 691-8862. and uh, it's a it's a residential conference, so people can book rooms through the conference office. They don't have to stay at a hotel. We use the Washington Retreat House near the Basilica and the Saint John Paul II Shrine in Washington, and we have all of our meals, prayer services, lecture sessions, all in one building.
1: What's interesting, Jack, and I think very significant here, is that as you mentioned, your efforts the oriental illumination efforts whether it's the trips abroad or these conferences they do something that is actually very unique and very significant and it may not seem significant or unique but it is in ecumenical dialogue it brings together orthodox roman catholics and eastern catholics so that's the third one is the zinger eastern catholics oftentimes in ecumenical dialogues we're not a player were sometimes overlooked or purposely actually kept out of things. In fact, I'll tell a little story for the listeners and for you, Jack, as well. Some years ago, I came across an individual who worked for the ecumenical department in a particular diocese, a Roman Catholic diocese. And I was interested in the dialogue that was going on between this diocese and the Orthodox churches. And I mentioned I was a Eastern Catholic and I would be happy to contribute in every way that I could or to put them in contact with people like yourself. And when I mentioned that, this person from the Roman Catholic Diocese, the Department of Ecumenical Affairs, they got very nervous. And they said, well, I don't know that that could be kind of almost like we would gunk up the works. And that kind of reaction is not all that uncommon towards the Eastern Catholic Churches in dialogue between the Orthodox and the Roman Catholics. And there's reasons for this, but it's still, I think, something that needs to be looked at much more critically. And that's why the work that you do, Jack, is so uniquely significant. in fact, I suspect that one of the reasons we were so well-received in Rome when we were on your last trip last October, we were so well received, graciously received by Cardinal Koch and also the Pope himself was because I think they knew that you brought this unique factor that you alone brought together through all the entire lumen, Eastern Catholics, Orthodox and Roman Catholics, not just Orthodox Roman Catholics. Okay, that's fine. But there's another piece of this picture and regardless of what each one really thinks of the so-called unionator Eastern Catholic Churches, we nonetheless are part of the picture, a significant part. And I think that has to be noted in your work here, and I believe it was noted by the Pope himself. Would, would you agree, Jack?
0: Oh, absolutely. And in the 20 years since I've started Oriental Lumen Conferences and been doing this work, I, I've seen a significant shift in that attitude amongst all the Orthodox that I've ever met and if you look at the text of the agreed statement between Pope Francis and Patriarch Kirill of the Russian Orthodox Church of Moscow when they met in Cuba there's actually a mention to the Eastern Catholics now of course we would like to have had more recognition and more acceptance but at least for the first time the Russian Orthodox Church admitted to our existence and the right to continue to exist i think just that simple little statement was was a significant step forward and i would add to uh, the reaction we, we received in Rome to, if you remember, Father, the wonderful uh, welcome that we got from His All-Holiness Oh yes. In, in Constantinople when Metropolitan Callistos introduced our group and said, you know, we were 25% Orthodox, 25% Roman Catholic, 50% Eastern Catholic, and the Patriarch commented, ah, you have the majority for a change. <laughs> uh, yes. And And I think, too, because of the work we've been doing, and, and bringing uh, the notion of ecumenical dialogue in, to everyone's attention and bringing the laity involved. I've now met uh, Patriarch Bartholomew probably 20 or more times face-to-face.
1: More than the Pope!
0: And, well, in fact, absolutely. <laughs> and, and this last trip, I had 30 minutes privately with him, one-on-one, with no translators, no one else present, just him and I sitting at his desk. Wow. Uh, and he gave me a, a signed book as a gift. I gave him a gift. And it's like when I... I I come to see him, he remembers me as as Mr. Jack, the book publisher, and and, Oriental (laughs) Littleman.
1: Well, Jack, we're just about out of time here today, but I I remember that meeting well with Patriarch Bartholomew. It was worth a trip just for those little chocolates he gave us. (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well,
0: and, and also the little crosses. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, Jack, I want to thank you for being here on Lay of the East, and above all, thank you for all the marvelous work you do. And let this be a lesson to all the listeners of what an individual can do, a lay person. And Jack Fiegel has done all this on his own. He's not paid for this. In fact, he pays into this. He's given so much of his life, his personal resources to this mission, this cause of ecumenism, to carry out that desire by Jesus Christ himself that all may be one. Thank you, Jack. Thank all of you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear
2: Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab. And on iTunes, Light of the East is produced by ADC Media.